What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. I am, uh, I'm sorry. It's uh, been a while uh, since I've uh, posted a uh, podcast here, and it's just, uh, well, things have been crazy. Uh, things have been super, super crazy, and a lot of it's with a uh, project I've been working on. I've mentioned it in the past, and I think I'm starting to finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. Problem is, is every time I see the light at the end of the tunnel, I think of something else, and I... Uh, pursue something uh, else as well. So, hopefully I'll have something really cool to show you all in the not-too-distant future. So, um, the episode tonight uh, is going to really kind of uh, center around a, uh, a listing that I saw for sale recently. And I thought it was a, a really good topic of discussion, especially for people that really like some of the older stuff, like when I say older stuff, I don't mean I don't mean pre-war or vintage war. I'm talking about like old stuff compared to like now. So we're looking at you know 90s, 80s, 90s, that sort of thing. Uh, as you know, the uh, the junk wax era really doesn't have a whole lot of uh, stuff to really wow somebody. The value, for the most part, for uh, cards in the junk wax era, and I talk about like generally speaking. 88 to 92, but I've heard it said that the junk wax era could be like 85 to 95 or whatever. But in any event, the the most focused uh, time period of the junk wax era, I would say, would be 88 to 92. That's when production was way up. You really couldn't land a whole lot of stuff that's interesting wherever you're opening packs. So, uh, not a whole lot of wow factor there for people not a, not a ton of excitement when you're sitting in front of a box and opening up you know like you know you can't you don't hope for a one of one like if you go for a, a box of early nice honors you could be excited about the possibility of a uh, an elite card that's zero numbered out 7500 or 10,000 but even then they fell at like one every several cases so still you know nothing really crazy nowadays I mean gosh you know, like, first of all, I didn't even realize that Walgreens sold baseball cards. Uh, so I ended up buying a couple packs. First couple packs I bought in a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I pulled some pretty decent cards. Uh, but it's funny, though, because every pack will now have inserts or parallels. And that's just not how it always was. Uh, I remember opening box after box of 90 tops, 91 donors as a kid. Uh, over the course of years, you know, and never finding, never pulling a card that, that and, and look, you know, pulling it, pulling up and saying, wow, this is a really neat card. This is special, you know. Um, but uh, so times have changed. Times have definitely changed. But uh, there are a few exceptions to the rule. And, and we're not talking about these printing defects that you see that are running rampant on eBay all the time. Like every day I'll see somebody trying to sell a, you know, 89 scorecard with a printing error dot or something like that for $600 on eBay or a 90 tops all-star with a ink blotch uh, for $2,000. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's nutty, you guys. Like, I don't even understand it. I, I think that there's more uh, stuff that's going on there. Like, could you imagine selling a two-cent card for $2,000? Like, there are people out there that would not feel guilty uh, in taking somebody's money and doing that. Like, I, 
I don't understand. Like, I, I don't get it. But uh, all that to say that there are some cards of this time period that are highly valuable. And generally speaking, they're not going to be cards that have been, that can be pulled in packs. Uh, they're going to be of the prototype variety or, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So uh, that's kind of where we start our story today. And uh, I'm going to go back into 2014. I was talking to another super collector just as I was getting in to really kind of sniffing around super collecting. And I was thinking, man, is this something I really want to do? And it was like, I don't know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a it's hard to explain because I was talking to somebody and, uh, you know, they had these incredible cards. And the funny thing is, is as a newbie at the time, uh, I had no idea this stuff existed and it blew my ever loving mind. Like I... <laughs> He was showing me pictures of these cards that I go, oh my gosh, this is insane. And so that's kind of how it goes sometimes, right? Like you'll have uh, some cards that everybody knows about. Everybody knows that the 52 Tops Mantle is awesome. Everybody knows that the T206 Wagoner is awesome, right? So you have all these like cards that are amazing. And even for every player, like everybody knows for Conseco, the A6 Star Story Rookie is great. Uh, and if you, if you know your 90s stuff, then everybody knows that the 98 Crusade Red is uh, so far greater than the A6 Nostra Rookie. It's not even funny. Like, it's astronomically better. Um, and so you have uh, these types of cards that everybody knows about. And they're very popular. But then you have somebody that's like a specialist in, in a certain area. And they say, okay, you think those, those are cool? step into my office close the door behind you let me show you what i got let me show you what's really special and so that's what i felt kind of like happened in 2014 if i remember correctly and i was shown some really neat cards some of them were prototypes where i go wow it's almost kind of like and this is kind of sound funny but it's almost like it felt like these cards were illegal right so <laughs> like you shouldn't not only should you not have them, you should not be showing them around because you don't know what is going on uh, with these cards. You don't know the origin of them. You don't know anything about them other than they're really amazing. I bet it's probably on much, much, much smaller scale of uh, having like one of these multi, multi, multi millionaires uh, wanting to go on like uh, a safari or something like that and uh, kill a big game uh animal and you know something that's illegal and bring it back uh to their private collection or something smuggle it into the states or whatever you know that's kind of what it felt like uh which I, it sounds kind of funny to equate cardboard you know to this but that's kind of what it felt like it almost felt like hey i've got this little private zoo of like uh you know the the african white tiger or i don't know if that's the real thing or not but uh, you know so i've got this in my in my private zoo on my property that nobody can see or get to and it's under lock and key it's heavily guarded 24 7 and all this and i will give you the privilege to take a look and see what i have uh, or what i have access to or what i've seen in the past and i go oh man so you know so this other collector showing me this stuff and the one thing that really, really kind of blew my mind, which is kind of funny, were uh, these uh, 1992 Fleer Ultra 
boardroom prototypes. And uh, let me tell you kind of a little bit about these. So these were kind of like a low quality printed on look like computer paper, like glossy kind of maybe inkjet paper for the early 90s or whatever. Uh, cut to size, cut to like a standard baseball card and glued on a board. And it, it literally was uh, meant to be shown off uh, to the executives over at FLIR say, hey, this is what 1992 FLIR Ultra can do. So if you remember, um, in 1991, FLIR was going to really try to compete with the big boys. So, you know, Leaf had a really nice uh, showing. Uh, Tops was coming, I came out with the Stadium Club. Uh, you know, Upper Deck was, was getting going. So FLIR said, you know, we need to kick this up a notch. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to create a new brand called FLIR Elite. So they come out with 1991 FLIR Elite and they go, hmm, I don't know if there was like a lawsuit that was threatened or uh, what happened, but ultimately they had to scrap the Elite name because Donner's had it. So they said, okay, it's not going to be 1991 FLIR Elite. It's going to be 1991 FLIR Ultra. So they go for the 1991 FLIR Ultra name and it's a nice card. It's a, uh, you know, matte finish full color front and back. There's a picture on the front, obviously, a picture on the back. The top and bottom, if I remember correctly, have uh, gray borders. And, you know, it's a nice card. However, the problem is, is I think, and this is, this is kind of just what I'm guessing, I think probably after that initial release, they said, wow, okay, so this is, this is above what we did with 1991 FLIR. However, we need to go way bigger with 92 FLIR Ultra. And so if you remember, there's a night and day difference from 91 Ultra to 92 Ultra. They had the, the high gloss, UV coated, gold foil, you know, type of cards that, uh, you know, front and back images. And they had a, a really wild, really just a, a beautiful, beautiful type of card. And uh, that's really kind of what FLIR Ultra is known for. And so, uh, over the next several years, they've of course uh, uh, come out with many beautiful cards, and I think a lot of collectors really miss Flare Ultra. I know I do. Uh, beautiful cards, like I just y'all like talking about them. I can smell them, like if that makes sense. They had such a great smell about them, and, and uh, beautiful cards. The inserts and the parallels were oh. Man, they're they're incredible. They're second to none. And which, as a side note, there's somebody by the name of Matthew K. Uh, that's that reached out to me the other day. Well, the other day I want to talk about it, like two or three months ago, and he said, you know, hey Tanner, I want to uh, send you my collection. Uh, send me your address. And I'm like, wait, what? Whoa, 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 hang on a second. Why do you want to send this to me? You know. And so he ended up sending me uh, half of his collection. Apparently, he's going to send the other half also. And a lot of it, one of the binders was, he sent me two binders. One of the binders is full of 96 Flare Ultra. And I went through the cards on YouTube, by the way. If you want to go to youtube.com forward slash Tayman Baseball Fan, you can take a look at the collection there. Uh, really nice, just a, just a real nice smattering of parallels and inserts. And, you know, just uh, it just shows how Flare Ultra uh, did collectors right. You know, like, <laughs> they... 
they're innovative, they're fresh, they were cutting edge. You know, it's just really neat. You see some uh, embossed type cards, some gold foil cards, you see some acetate cards. I mean, just really, really nice assortments. And so uh, going back to, uh, you know, what this collector showed me, uh, you know, on the uh, boardroom prototypes, what they did was they designed uh, a couple of Jose Canseco cards and uh, you know they glued the front like what it could look like to this uh, to these boards and the back uh, so they're you know separate pieces and so I, I took a look at them and when my eyes first met these pictures my jaw dropped like I thought that this was just the coolest thing ever these things should not exist they were part of uh, really kind of history you know kind of the way i saw it you know they're they're a history of how uh, flare ultra came to be as amazing as they are and it was really neat to be able to see that and so uh, i asked the collector if he had them he said no they're not mine i just had pictures from somebody else and i said okay so i ended up tracking down the guy and i ended up uh, making a deal with him over the course like after several months of going back and forth and I was like really excited about it. I, I even wrote an article about this like probably oh probably back in 2015 or 2016 um, really nice pieces of cardboard history so fast forward to 2018 I sell out of everything including the FLIR boardroom prototypes the FLIR Ultra boardroom prototypes I go you know uh, and eventually at some point say you know that'd be kind of nice to have them back or at least have it have a uh, an example of one in my collection i don't need everything i just want to you know a nice little example and so you know the people that uh, i moved them to they're like no they're they're staying with us i said okay that's understandable i get it um you know they're one of kind you know you're not going to see anything like that again until this last sunday somebody posted some other flare ultra boardroom examples and they're multiples of the same one that I had one of the same ones I had I go huh that's interesting it got me to thinking a lot about several things first of all on my website CansecoCollector.com, I have them listed as one of ones and I thought rightfully so because you know come on how are how's there going to be other ones well apparently somebody else in that same exact meeting had a, had another board and uh, you know decided to uh uh, you know, take it with them or something, you know, so, <laughs> so here I have, uh, right in front of me on eBay, you know, uh, these, uh, boardroom prototypes that I never thought I'd see again. And I thought were one of ones. And so I thought it was really kind of an exciting thing, like just blew my mind. And so I ended up talking to the guy and so we ended up striking a deal and, you know, it's kind of fun because he, he likes a lot of different prototypes and that sort of thing. And, uh, I said, yeah, you know, I actually made some uh, 98 Select Star Canseco uh, prototypes. And he's like, oh, okay, I'd love to see them. And I sent him, and it blew his mind. Like, he was, like, super excited. He's like, oh, man. He's like, well, I can just tell that these are going to the right uh, the right person or whatever, you know. And so there's actually multiples of them, so I'll probably move a couple of them. I just want, you know, one example for myself. And by the way, guys, like, uh, <laughs> a really neat, it's not in the greatest condition, but a really neat... Uh, uh, prototype of Greg Maddox was in this list as well. 
Uh, so I have that, you know, kind of hanging out in my office too, which is really neat. But um, so I don't really have a, I love Maddox, but I don't collect his stuff. So that's obviously going to be rehomed at some point. But in any event, uh, really kind of a, kind of a neat deal that happened there. And it really got me thinking that, you know, we all have like these preconceived notions of how rare these uh, prototypes uh, or proofs or whatever are. Uh, you know, some people uh, are bold to say that, you know, certain cards there's only one or two of. And the truth of the matter is, like, I want to think about, you know, you think about this, for example, the, uh, the 98 Pinnacle uh, mirror cards. Like, <laughs> I, I, will, I look forward to getting a couple of those back. I've got the red, um, the first one that's ever popped up. You know, I really love it, but I would like the blue and the gold again. Um, don't care really too terribly much about the other ones, but the blue and the gold would be nice to have uh, again. And so my thinking was like, oh my gosh, like I sold them. They're gone. Like those are probably the only ones out there that have ever existed or ever will exist. I started thinking about it. You know what? If I, if I were a betting man, I'd say that there are multiples of each that they will pop up eventually. Uh, I don't think for a second that Pinnacle created one and that was it uh, of these. I think there were, there's a run of several of them and, uh, could I be wrong? Yeah, I could definitely be wrong. I just don't think so. Like, it's one of those things where uh, we all think that certain cards uh, don't exist until they do, or they're rare until they're not. And I'll give you an example. Uh, 1990 Upper Deck uh, uh, Black Box Mike Witt card, for instance. Uh, that was a card that would sell for big money, especially to master collectors, you know, somebody that wanted like every single type of card of 90 upper deck. Beautiful set, by the way. I cannot fault anybody for wanting to try to get a master set of it. It's a great, great set. Beautiful photography, everything. So, um, but this error, you know, it commands quite a bit of money. And the reason why is because its rarity is just off the charts. It's a very, very hard to find card. Uh, <laughs> until somebody several years ago and it still commands good money now by the way and i think that's just because maybe they don't pop up again or all that much you know i'm not really sure but if i remember correctly somebody uh stumbled across an 800 count box full of them so you think about this eventually like previously like let's say 2015 and before i guess i mean i don't know the actual year uh, everybody thought that this card had only like a few of them that that were in existence and that's it that's it just few and then somebody comes up with like an 800 count box full of them absolutely nutty to me and that's very well what could happen with you know pretty much any prototype right um i have on checklists uh the uh, 89 blue chips for instance from years back and uh, it says like literally in the checklist less than five exist uh, of each and you know, I've probably uh, I've probably owned 
uh, five of each <laughs> at some at one point or another, you know, and I knew that there are several others out there. So, uh, yeah, definitely be be leery of uh, people that are quoting numbers for prototype uh, style cards for sure, because some people I, I don't think really anybody knows uh, exactly how many is out there of anything. Shoot, even uh, some prominent uh, uh, print number uh, cards, and I don't want to. I don't think I'm really supposed to say uh, what specific ones or what my sources are, but uh, there are some uh, out there that are very prominent uh, that have a stated print run there in the very low numbers that actually have multiple copies out there um, that are beyond the print run. And so I don't fault the card companies for this. In fact, like it's kind of funny. If you look at the 97, 98 FLIR products, I think, They'll have one of ones and they talk about saying, you know, the only one of one of this card or something like that in, in foil on the back. Well, I don't know if there's a single one of one out there from the 90s that only has one copy. <laughs> you know, there's there are multiples of these out there. So I think there's a 98 Sports Illustrated uh, Kingsaker one of one that I've seen probably three or four copies of, you know, and uh, does it make it any less special? Yeah, I, I can understand how it might, you know, like you're kind of bummed. But when you think about it, there's still only two or three others out there, you know, and it's kind of a fun little story because there's only supposed to be one and they, they actually explicitly say on the back, you know, like the only one. So that's kind of a fun little little blooper, I guess you could say. But I, I don't think there's anything nefarious going on. I think uh, I think honest to goodness, the card companies just want to create a few to uh um, as replacements in case there was uh, some damage or something, you know. So that's a very possible possible thing that could happen. Um, I don't really know. I mean, as far as I know, there could have been some uh, crazy things going on uh, there that that may or may not have been nefarious. I just don't really know. Um, but in any event, I've come across this on every single uh, you know '90s type. Uh, one of one that I've seen. So, you know, it's just uh, it's just kind of a fact of life. So, uh, even with the serial number type cards, I guess the thing is, is you really truly don't know <laughs> what the what the print run is, and that's okay. Um, it still adds, I guess, a little bit of the mystery, uh, to the mystery. But um, in any event, it's kind of fun to be able to uh, run across these cards and and to really kind of think, not just not for the owners of the cards that have what they think to be the only one or whatever, or one of very few, which you know, kind of stinks if you think that you uh, have something that's, you know, you think it's much rarer than it is, you know, but for everybody else, it doesn't. It kind of keeps it more exciting in a way because, you know, you're, <laughs> you're looking out there in this hobby of ours and, and you just think the possibilities are endless. You know, so you, it gives you the ability to not lose hope when there's a card that you think there's only one of or two of or three of out there and you know everybody that has them so you think that you're uh, up a creek without a paddle and that's not the case necessarily like there very well could be several copies out there uh hidden you know it's just a matter for us to uh uncover them or be patient and you know wait for it to hit ebay or both so uh anyways those are a few thoughts i had for tonight um hope this uh hope this kind of uh Get your juices flowing, your excitement going for uh, finding something really cool out there. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks as always for listening. I hope you all have a great rest of the evening.